they started the timer already, so I better get going. Good morning, good morning, Hillcrest Baptist Church. Wonderful to see you all here and the visitors. You may want to turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 3. We're going to spend some time in verses 8 to 12, and you may have seen in the notice and on the board that the theme or the title is How to Love Life. I'll expand it a little bit and say how to love your life and see good days. But uh, just listen to this, Psalm 34, that's the verse that Peter quotes. Psalm 34 verse 12 says, What man is there who desires life and loves many days, that he may see, may see good? So the psalmist, the writer of this psalm, asks the question that uh, Peter then puts into a statement. And the statement that Peter makes we find in verse 10 of 1 Peter chapter 3, and Peter translates, or Peter gives it to us like this, whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him, and then he expands on that, on both sides of that statement, but you'll have to wait a little bit for me to do an introduction before we get to the meat of that passage. Here's my question. Are you one of those who desires to love life? Or let me put it differently, do you love your life? Here's a test. I can see that some of you are not sure where this is going. Complete the sentence. I will love my life more, if you want to. I will love my life if only I could have. Fill in the dots. What would you want to add to that? And I know you don't have much time now to think about that, so I made a list on your behalf. Don't judge me if I give this list. Don't say, but this is my list. It's, a, it's an imaginary list, thinking of some of the things that you may want in your life, in order for you to love your life. I will love my life if only I could have a better job or a better spouse or a better church, better hair, better abs, better parents, some of the children may say, and those, child, uh, those parents will say, better children, please. I will love my life if we can have a better government. Amen, anyone? <laughs> less stress, absolutely. If I can have less stress, I will have a better life. Well, nothing wrong with wanting more, right? Depending on what it is that you want more of. So here's a verse for Jonathan. He who finds a wife finds a good thing. <laughs> and obtain favor from the Lord. Proverbs 18 verse 22. But just be honest a little while with yourself. If I can only have this, I will love my life. Things are not beneficial at the moment. When we're in a situation where life happens and things become difficult, we can make a list. Just think of your hobbies to show you the natural tendency of man. Even though you are a Christian, we still have that tendency. If you do skydiving, what would you, long, what, what would you want to have better of? Better parachute, definitely. Yes, all the time. If you play, play cricket, better bat. I thought someone said better coach. And if you're in school, better teacher, have better opportunities. Parents will sometimes say, if we only have better opportunities for my children, if I can do whatever I can, move to another country, move them to another school, 
if I can only get my, my children to that place where they have better opportunities, then I will love my life and enjoy good days. So how about family? Family relationships. If I can only have better understanding for those who live in my home. If only, Nettie will say, if only he will speak more words. If only we can have more money. If only he will spend less. All the way up to the very important matters like the toilet seat up or down. <laughs> Toothpaste tube, middle or front. Lights off when leaving the room. TV remote and the keys. If you can only leave them in the place where I left them the last time, I will love my life and enjoy good days. So who of you would want to love, who of you would want to love your life more? It's actually really a question. Who of you would want to love your life more? Right, five. The others can go. <laughs> and the others may not understand what, what good life is. So there's something for you in this as well. And I know if you are here, I'm assuming that you understand what the Christian life is about more or less. And you know that those things that we mention are not necessarily the things that will make you love your life. And that's why you, you hesitate to put up your hands. fact is that you know that God does not necessarily mean a good life are in the things that we get, right? So I understand that you don't want to put up your hands. I want to love, you want to love your life, and that means you don't want to be upset when someone accuses you falsely. You don't want to be concerned about living longer than your money will last. You don't want to be upset when your children make stupid decisions. You don't want to feel hurt when your effort, uh, efforts are not appreciated. You don't want that heartache when you lose a friend. How will you get to that point where you love your life more and you enjoy more good days? Peter claims to have the answer. So let's ask him to explain to us. Let's read 1 Peter 3 from verse 8. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless, for to this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So Peter gives us four steps, a four-step plan to love life and enjoy good days. Here's a warning. Warning is, anything good in this life takes an effort, right? Nothing is for free. No pain, no gain, right? A friend of mine says, no pain, no brain. That also may be true. So four, a four-step plan that will guarantee that you will love your life more and see more good days. First one, work on a godly frame of mind. Second one, work on a godly reaction. Third one, work on a godly discipline. Fourth one, work on the right motivation, and that's a godly motivation. So let's jump into the first one. First step to loving your life more and seeing more good days. Work on a godly frame of mind. First Peter 3 verse 8. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. The verse starts here in this uh, translation with finally. 
Other translations like the New American Standard starts with to sum up. Same word, I like to sum up. So uh, we found in chapter 2 and the first part of chapter 3, Peter gave instruction to Christians about how to live a good life. If you want to live a good life in this life, there are various uh, things that you need to do in the different capacities that you may live in. And this included to be a good citizen. He gave instructions in chapter 2. Then in chapter uh, (laughs) chapter 3, from the tree, he gave uh, instructions about how to be a good wife and then also a good husband. So here in 1 Peter 3 verse 8, Peter gives a summary of what principles, chapter 3 verse 8 to 12, a summary of what principles to apply if you want to love your life and enjoy good days. The heading of this section in your Bibles you may see is appropriately suffering for righteousness sake. And, and then he starts with, do you want to love your life and have good days? What, what's wrong with a man? Well, the Bible is consistent in this principle, isn't it? Life is filled with trouble. And this trouble is given by God for a specific purpose. If you are not a Christian, the purpose of the trouble in your life is to give you an opportunity to bend your knee before Christ. That's the main purpose of trouble if you're not a Christian. But if you are a Christian, the purpose is to make you more like Jesus. And that's a good thing. Here's a verse for Sandy. 1 Corinthians 7 verse 28. Yet those who marry will have worldly troubles. If you didn't get that, you can ask me afterwards. But we have have these well-known verses in Job, right? Job is the epitome of trouble. And he's also the example, the human example of how to handle trouble. In Job 5 verse 6 and 7. For affliction does not come from the dust. So he's saying, it doesn't just happen. It's not, you know, as you walk, you know, the dust, as you, as you walk through the felt and, and it's dry, and as the, the, it's not like that. It just doesn't just happen. Nor does trouble sprout from the ground. But man is born to trouble as the sparks fly upward. If you've ever made a fire and uh, the wood is nice and dry and the fire gets going, you can see the sparks. Where do the sparks go? Up. So Job is saying, as sure as sparks fly up when you have a good fire going, that's how certain it is for you as a man, a person, a human being, to have trouble in this life. We are born to trouble. You may say, well, well, where's the good news now? Well, hang in there. Peter will come to that. Peter knows about the troubles of this life. He does. He says that no matter the trouble... If you have a godly frame of mind, then you will love your life in spite of the trouble. Peter says, think like God does about your trouble, and you will love your life more in spite of the trouble. And you say, well, what does that even mean? Well, Peter gives us a mind map in these verses. If you have your finger on on the text there, you'll see. It starts with all of you. So you can't say, well, this is not for me. I don't don't have that much trouble. Or I have too much trouble. I'm too old for this. I'm too young. I'm too spiritual. Well, I'm not spiritual enough. No, all of you. Peter writes to the church and he includes all of us. So all of you, do you want to love your life more? Start changing your frame of mind. 
to look like this. Peter gives us a mind map. Have unity of mind. This means to agree even when you think you know better. That happens in our house all the time. I'm not going to say who. It means not to question all the time, but to support one another in spite of the differences that we may have. It also means that you fully support ministries when and how you can. Have sympathy. Peter continues. Ach, shame, are you okay? How can I help? Sympathy starts with, I don't understand your whole situation. And I don't necessarily want to help. But because God helps me more than I deserve, I will show you the sympathy, even if I don't think you deserve it. Have brotherly love. I have five brothers. I don't love any one of them as much as I love Nettie. But because they are my brothers, and I must say, because they won't listen to this, none of them will listen to this sermon, I can say that some of them I don't even like. But because they're my brothers, if they are truly in need, Nettie and I will do whatever we can to help because they are my brothers. And you all know this verse, John 13, verse 35. How will people know? Lord, I just want people to know that I'm a Christian. I want my family to know that I'm a Christian. I want my neighbors to know that I'm a Christian. I want the person who stands behind the desk at the government department where I've been sitting for three hours to know that I'm a Christian. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So when you've been sitting in the row for three hours at the government department, find out who the other Christians are and love them. Maybe the guy behind the desk. Have a tender heart. Paul writes to the Ephesian church. In Ephesians 4 verse 32 he says this, Be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Just picture in your mind two pictures. First picture is Adolf Hitler. I know it's a challenge. Next picture. Lovely little baby. Which one of those two gives you a tender heart? The baby, right? When you see one another, tender hearted means we feel like what you feel when you see a cute baby. Now, don't you dare come to me afterwards and say, kuchi, kuchi, ku. <laughs> and then he says, and have a humble mind. So, let Peter motivate. But further in this letter, chapter 5, 1 Peter chapter 5, from verse 5, Peter motivates this humble mind. And he says, likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders, clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another, for God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time He may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on Him, because He cares for you. So there we have the first step in our four-step plan. Work on a godly frame of mind by having and working on a unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind.
I want you to notice that none of these elements in a godly frame of mind are feelings. They are all decisions that lead to actions. You think, and then you do unity. You think, and then you show sympathy. You decide to love one another, and then you deliver that milk tart to Seven Sandy Lane. You think tender thoughts that leads to a tender heart that leads to serving with joy. You think less of yourself and more of others. And if all of you can just have this frame of mind, I will love my life more. <laughs> Which just shows that I have to listen to this again. <clears throat> second point, and second and third will be much quicker. Work on a godly reaction. First Peter 3 verse 9. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. So while you work on, uh, on your godly frame of mind, life happens, right? Someone does something evil against you. Someone reviles you. And I had to look up what revile means. So for your benefit and mine, it is the following. Someone criticizes you, or they censure you, or they denounce you, or they condemn you, or they attack you, or they lambaste you, or they unfriend you on Facebook. New American Standard Bible translates the word as insult can also mean slander. So if that happens to you, life happens, and you're working on your godly frame of mind, and you're in that space, and you're feeling much better about yourself, and you've been working on the different activities that will improve your frame of mind, and someone insults you or slanders you. What is your auto-response? Defense with a good measure of counter-slander thrown in. Auto-response. You know that that's the wrong reaction. Just note that Peter doesn't say that the slander is true or not. Just says slander. Remember the example we find in Jesus? 1 Peter 2 verse 23 reminds us. When Jesus was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. How would Jesus react? He would trust the Father. And so should you and I. So we can work on a godly reaction to life. Number three, work on a godly discipline. I said in the beginning, it takes some work. So you may identify some things that you may want to work on. And that's great. I've got my own list. I'll share it with you if you come for coffee. 1 Peter 3 verse 10 and 11 gives us that godly discipline. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. So David, writing in Psalm 34 verse 12 to 16, makes a wise statement, a general principle. As you go and read that on your own, you'll see his claim was that making these particular choices that uh, Peter quotes here tends to lead to a more and better life. So it's practical. If you're a better person, then you'll have a better life, right? People will react differently to you. That well-known saying in, in uh, Dutch that was translated into Afrikaans that says, "Does lekker om mens te wees, maar moet lekker mens wees. It's great to be a person, but then you have to be a great person. 
Christians who live this way will make the most of this life and receive rewards in the life to come. So what choices can you make that will lead to loving your life more and enjoying more good days? It's all about what we as Christians won't do and what we will do. Will do. You refuse to allow yourself to speak evil or to be deceitful with your words. Peter probably means this in the context of getting even with those who speak evil against you and slander you. But God calls on Christians to take those options off the table. No reaction. We must refuse to use our words to harm, no matter how great the temptation or how valid the reason. You turn away from evil, and you turn to doing good. We see that in verse 11. You seek peace, not trouble. Note Peter says you should pursue peace. You hunt it down. You put energy into making peace and finding peace. Peter's advice is not easy to follow, right? It takes discipline. It takes discipline to always not speak evil. It takes discipline to turn from evil. Why We are inclined to believe the bad and to spread it. It takes discipline to put our pride in our black bags and to pursue peace. You work on a godly frame of mind. You work on a godly reaction to life. And you work on a godly discipline that will help you to glorify Christ more. Last step. Why would you want to follow this four-step program? Well, the last step is the reason why. Work on a godly motivation. We find that in verse 12 of 1 Peter chapter 3. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Who of you enjoy getting bad news? Well, let me tell you a story. 1996, Nate and I have the opportunity to go to Los Angeles. We went for an extended conference at John MacArthur's church, Nohal. And uh, we come back. Two weeks later, we go to the Drakensberg with our children. And I almost died. I almost died because my heart started racing. I passed out there in the hut in the berg. And uh, Nettie had to decide whether we sh she was going to leave me there, you know, cover me up, leave me there, take the children the 10 kilometers down, send someone else up, or drag me down. And afterwards I said, well, if you had to do that, just drag me by my head and not my feet. So, true story, we came back and uh, went to the cardiologist, and the cardiologist did their test. It's so interesting when the cardiologist tests your heart, they put your heart, heart under strain to test your heart. It's like dentists saying, don't put metal in your teeth, and that the first thing they do when you visit them is they put metal in your teeth. Cardiologist made me run until I couldn't run anymore. Gave me good news. There's nothing wrong with you. You should exercise more, which I tried to do. Then I passed out <laughs> while I was running. Good news didn't help me. Went to another cardiologist. He did the same kind of tests, put my heart under strain again, and diagnosed me with myocarditis. And those who know will know that it's inflammation of the heart muscle. And what you have to do is you have to rest. So I got the bad news that I'm ill. But that was good. Because the bad news showed me what I need to change. Otherwise, I won't make it. Exactly the same with the Bible. 
exactly the same with your position to the Lord. You have to be concerned about that. That's why Paul encourages us. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. In verse 12, the bad news is, whatever your name is, put your name in there. What you are thinking of doing, what you may be thinking of doing, what you've just done, may be evil. If that is true, it's bad news, but it's good for you to get that bad news. We should never be offended if someone confronts us with something that we're doing wrong, because then we can heal, we can fix, we can participate with God who wants to heal and fix. Why would you want to do that? Peter gives us the warning. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Why would you not want to fix it? Peter motivates us by reminding us of the best reason to love life and have good days. Know that God is watching. Know that God is against those who do evil, even when his own children do evil. He is against that. But there's even better motivation for those who belong to Jesus. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. Christian friend, do you want your prayers answered? Do you want God to look favorably on you? Then follow Peter's four-step program to love life and to see good days. We started with a question. Fill in the blank. I will love my life more if I can have dot, 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 dot. What can you do to help you love your life and enjoy good days? Well, don't rely on the list of things of this life to take you to that place where you will love your life more and enjoy good days. They are fleeting and will soon pass. Rely on God's trusted advice. Decide today to work on these four steps toward loving your life and enjoying good days. The circumstances of this life and the moments of the days may not improve. Your life, from a human perspective, may not become better at all. But the guaranteed improvement will be God's smile when He looks at how you do your life. Because how you do life will look more and more like how Jesus would do your life. Is Jesus your Savior and Lord? If not, there's no guarantee of anything good for you. You may as well then pursue all the pleasures and successes of this life because that is all you will have. But if you want to love your life and see good days, irrespective of the things of this life, then ask the gracious and loving and just God today to bring you into his family. He may just do that. And you can then start loving your life in a real way and experiencing real good days as well, in spite of your circumstances. And you can do it God's way. Amen. Let's pray. Our Father, we are so grateful to know that you know all things. We are so grateful to, to know that uh, you have provided a way for us sinful men to be reconciled to God and that we can confirm that because we belong to you, those of us who belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, who can honestly call him Lord and Savior, for us there is no condemnation. I do pray if anyone here 
still in that place where they don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, make today the day of salvation. And let us then all start on this journey, and some of us maybe again, to love our life in a real way and to see good days according to our God's plan. Amen.